Um, now, I would like to introduce to you this morning, I was going to say our speaker, but I'm going to call him our messenger. He's going to bring God's message to us. His name is McDeal, uh, Pastor McDeal. He is uh, an executive uh, pastor over ministries at uh, Renew Covenant Church in Linwood. He's been here before, so he's a good friend of ours, um, and I'm just excited to hear what God has uh, for us in store for us tonight through, or this morning through his message. So uh, let's say a quick prayer for the message. Dear Lord, we just thank you for McDeal and, and just his heart to serve, dear Lord. And we thank you for all the preparation that you've had this week through him, dear Lord. And we look forward to the message. Prepare our hearts to receive it, Father God. And may you be honored and glorified through it all. In Jesus' name, amen. It's all yours, brother. Amen. Thank you. I don't know if my mic is on, so is it on? It's working. Oh, great. Good morning. Um, thank you for having me here this morning. It's such a blessing. Thank you for uh, Pastor Kirk for the invitation. It's always an honor. I'm so very thrilled and excited every time I get to come here and see you guys. This uh, beautiful place, this church. And it's such a blessing to share with you this morning. And yeah, thank you so much. And um, I think I, I feel like every time I come, I get to share, you know, something new that is happening in my life. And when I hear about the series you guys were going through, I was like, I was excited about it. I don't know about you, but like transitions in life are so good and sometimes are so hard. But both of them, when we look into, you know, what God is doing through that season of our lives, it's such a blessing. So before we start, I would like us to uh, pray. Pray about, you know, that God can prepare our hearts, what he has to say for all of us this morning, for you, for me, for the season that you are in right now. And um, why don't we just pray together again and just to bless what we're going to read this morning together and just to prepare our hearts. Father God, just thank you for this opportunity just to be here this morning. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. We pray that you can open our hearts, you can open our minds, just to receive what you have for us this morning. Thank you, Father, because you are a good, good Father. And thank you, God, for this morning, and thank you, God, for uh, yeah, Pastor Kirk, that he's uh, having um, some vacation, and he can enjoy that with his family. Thank you for his life. Thank you for everything that he's doing. And we just pray that he can hear from you what you have for him for, in the season that he is in right now. Thank you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, um, transitions in life. We're going to focus on uh, Peter, and we're going to be uh, looking at uh, diving in in verses 1, and um, uh, chapter 1 and verses 6 through 7. And it's a common English Bible. So would you read it with me? says, you now, you now rejoice in the hope, even if it's necessary for you to be distressed for a short time by various trials. This is necessary that your faith may, may be found genuine. Your faith is more valuable than gold, which will be destroyed even through it is itself, tested by fire. Your genuine faith will result in praise. Glory and honor for you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Amen? What a beautiful uh, scripture. When I think and when I um, just focus on uh, transitions, the first thing that came to mind is like um, 
the blessing of adversity. I don't know about you, but uh, adversity, it's hard, it's difficult, but it's such a blessing. If we look in the lens of, you know, what Jesus is telling us, what Peter is talking about in this verse. So that's the sermon of the title. I mean, that's the, the title of the sermon, uh, The Blessing of Adversity. And uh, the reason why I titled, you know, then this is the title of the sermon, is because for me in my life, I know probably you can relate with this. Like, I feel like we have like a PhD in trials and adversities. Like, we all face difficult things in life. And that's one of the reasons that I was excited when I hear, you know, transitions. I actually never preach anything about transitions. In a sense, you know, they focus, you know, seeing key points about transitions. So I got excited, but at the same time, I was thinking about my transitions in life. You know, have that been affecting me? Have that been transforming me? Have that been forming me in what God wants for my life? And I have a few, you know, um, a key points um, for this verse. We're going to talk about uh, verse uh, 6 first. Christians are called to rejoice in all circumstances, even during trials and suffering. These trials may come in many different forms, but they're only temporary and will not last forever. How many of you have feel that sometimes you're going through something difficult you think is going to last forever? You think it's not going to end. And you think sometimes you just, there's no way out. I mean, I have felt that. Then many times, I actually, you know, like, complain to God, like, what are you, I, I am going through this right now. This is so hard. This is so difficult. I don't think I can do it. I think we all have been there. And this verse, this verse is just telling us that, that, you know, we have to face those adversities, those trials, those hard circumstances. But like we were talking about before, how do we see that through the lens of, you know, what Jesus has for us? In my season of my life right now, um, uh, I've been, you know, I'm in transition. I was, you know, like uh, Anthony was saying, I was a uh, director of ministries at uh, Renew Covenant Church. I transitioned out back in October. And now I'm, uh, I'm, I'm serving as uh, the Latino ministry coordinator for a conference. And that transition was, it was really hard. It's such a blessing. I was part of the church that I love for like uh, seven plus years. That's the, the first church when I moved to the U.S. almost 10 years ago. So as you can imagine, it was a hard thing to do for me. But God was calling me to do something else, something different, which I was, I was not sure. I didn't understand. Like, God, I'm so comfortable here. I love my community. I love my church. Where is it that you want me to go? What is it that you want me to do now? I was in the season of you just like enjoying my time there to being a pastor, doing things with the church. And when God was speaking into my heart, it's time for you to transition, to move on. I want you to do something else. And do you think God like, told me exactly what I was going to do? Of course not. You know, He sometimes is just like, go and just have faith and trust me because I'm telling you this is going to be good and this is going to be something different. So the key points of this is that we have to face trials and suffering for me, it was hard. It was difficult. Like I say, I love the community. I love the church. But God has something different for all of us. Uh, when I was reflecting to this verse, I was looking back 
to when I moved uh, to the U.S. Uh, almost 10 years ago this summer. It was something that I didn't want to do. It was difficult. I came here the first time after I finished high school. I came here for college. I couldn't stay more than two months in the U.S. when I said, I need to go back home. So uh, I talked to uh, my uh, host family. and said, you know what? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was wonderful. I enjoy it. I'm going back home. I went back to my hometown in Tijuana. And uh, I thought I was actually never going to come back. I was like, you know what? I think it's a beautiful place to visit. But living there is difficult. Learning the culture, talking about the language. I think the language is kind of like, a, it's hard at the beginning. But when you get it, you get it. And then, boom. But like the culture is totally different. And that was something that was struggling with me. Like it was hard to adapt. And um, during that season of my time, I was like, I'm not going back. And uh, almost 10 years ago, God was telling me, you need to go back. I was like, I don't want to. So you need to go back. I was like, no, I don't want to. The first time I came, I was by myself. And uh, I have a, a younger brother. He's like three years uh, younger than me. And I asked him, do you want to go uh, to the yes with me? I said, no, I'm, I'm done. You know, I was there three years. I think I'm, I did my time. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so uh, he said no. And my brother, when he said no, he said flat no. You don't argue about it. He's not going to change his mind. And I say, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person I don't like to ask twice. If I already ask inviting you to go with me, why would I ask you again? You know? But uh, in my heart, like, God was telling me, you need to ask your brother again. I was like, I don't want to, God. It's always my response. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do this. I kind of like sometimes like I complain too much if I think about it. But uh, God is so gracious, right? He put that in my heart, and I pray about it. God, what is it that you want me to do? You know, it was hard for me. I like it. I enjoy it. I can go back and visit anytime I want, but I don't want to stay there. And I was like, yeah, you need to go. I'm like, okay. I asked my brother again. I think the third time. I was like, this is the last time I ask him. He said yes. And I was in shock. <laughs> like, what? He said yes. I didn't think twice. The same night, I booked the, you know, the airplane tickets to come to Washington. And, and we've, we've been here since then, ten, almost 10 years ago. And it's been such a journey. Uh, one of the other things that I complain about is, like, I don't want to become a pastor. I'm a pastor of kids. My parents have been pastors since I remember. I know the struggle. I know how difficult it is. And I know the blessings that come with it. But like, ah, that's not for me. You know, I want to do something different. I want to focus like on work. I want to like do a career and stuff. Uh, I know God always was leading me into a church. And that's the church that I was part of like um, almost eight years. So um, moving on with the verses. Uh, the key points on verse 7. Let's move on to verse 7. Trials serve as a purpose in life for Christians, which is to refine and strengthen their faith. The genuine um, of a Christian faith is worth more than any material possession, even gold. That's what we read in the passage. When Jesus returns, those who have endured these trials and demonstrated genuine faith will receive praise, glory, and honor. Talking about uh, trials and transitions that we face, we know 
that is not easy. We know that the verse 7 is telling us that all this is for a purpose. It was beautiful to see, you know, that video of, you know, you've been chosen. How beautiful it is. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's so powerful. You know that you and I like been chosen by God to do something. And we are not going to be able to do that if we don't go to these trials, to these difficult times. The reason why it's so difficult is it's just not because of the purpose that you're going through that. It's because God is refining you and changing you and molding you to what he wants you to become. You and I need to understand that. When we see that through the lens of Jesus, we can feel how he's like changing and transforming our life, even when it's hard. Even when we want to complain, like I just you know, mentioned that. Even when we don't understand, even when we don't have the answers. Like I feel like me, maybe a lot of you, we really want to know what's next. We really want to know what we're stepping ourselves into. Because we want to be assured that everything's going to be fine. But when we don't have that assurance that everything's going to be fine, we're just freaked out. Let's be honest. We're just scared. scared. I was scared. You know, when I say, well, I'm, I'm not go- I don't know what I'm going to do there. Like, what is it that you want me to do if I moved? Now, looking back, it's been such a blessing. It's been hard. I've been through so many difficult things in my life these past 10 years. But it's also been so good. I have learned so many things that I probably um, wouldn't be able to learn back at home. I've been stepping into so many different like, uh, ministry opportunities that I probably, I probably wasn't able to do like, if I was back home. And this is my home now. You know, I feel like uh, I visited my, my parents uh, back in Tijuana and my sister like, uh, in, in December. And it was a really weird feeling. Like, this is home, but at the same time, I miss home, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn apart, like, like, oh, this is, this is, it doesn't feel the same. God brought me here for a reason, and, and uh, I'm enjoying that. But it hasn't been easy. I'm going to tell you two quick stories, really quick, about what it means to um, serve the purpose uh, of God in, in our lives, and what is it that means for us to be refined that so they can, our faith can be you know, strengthened and we can be stronger and we can be just focused on what God has for us. The first week that I moved here, I probably have shared this story before. My brother had an accident. He basically died. He uh, drowned in the Columbia River. And I was just like, uh, as you can imagine, it was just a really difficult time of my life. And when I go to trials, I remember what I have learned since I was little. Jesus is always there with you. No matter where you're going through, he's there. And I was, he's here in this difficult time. And I remember the only thing I can think about is like, my brother is not like coming out, you know, of the water. He's gone. He was under the water for at least between 10 and 15 minutes. And I remember, I didn't even close my eyes. I pray in my heart, my mind, just as hard as I can. Jesus, what is it that you're doing? Jesus, how am I going to tell my parents what happened? I'm, this is one week being here in the U.S. when we moved. And I was just devastated. And when I hear from God, 
was this. You will see that my hand will be the one who's going to pull your brother out of the water. And sure enough, not even like five minutes later, boom, uh, a person that was there pulled him out of the water, and he was obviously dead. But uh, God brought him back to life, and he's, he's still with us. You know, he got married last, last uh, fall, and, and he's happy, and he's given a good life. So. But in that moment, it was so difficult that I was just like frustrated, like, this is my fault. You know, I'm the one who invited him here. I'm the one who caused this. But God was refining me to my faith, to trust him, even in those difficult times. And I was joyful, you know, that my brother was okay. But if he, but what, would he, what would happen if that wasn't the case? Would I still be joyful? I wonder. And this is the part of the second story. I have, um, after that, it happened like maybe uh, uh, three years later, I have a, a really good friend that I love, you know, as my father. And um, after, um, after uh, Sunday, I, uh, I was going to renew that we were meeting in uh, Norgate in Seattle. And coming back, I was living in, um, like, near Good Harbor. So I went back, and I saw my friend. He was cleaning his roof. And I just say hi, talked to him for a, for a little while. And I went to, you know, with the, part, the, the back house where I was living in. And uh, I spent like an hour, and then I came back, and he had an accident. I think some, some, somehow he just fell off the roof. And I'm, I was the first one who found him on, on the ground, laying on, on the gravel. It was a, a gravel dr driveway. And obviously, I was, I was freaking out. I, I didn't know what to do. I called my brother, said, you know, call 911. And I just rushed to him, and he was flipping on his side, and I was holding his hand. And when I was holding his hand, you know, he was still breathing. He was still like, uh, I don't think he was like conscious, like 100%. But that was, like, that was a really like uh, difficult time in my life. It was like, I love my friend. And I was like, uh, it was so painful to see him in the condition that he was. I think the paramedics, uh, the fire department was like a half a mile away, so they got there really quick. But before they got there, I remember my brother and I, we started doing CPR. And, and, and he was still breathing. And I was, same, same thing. The only thing I can think about is, Jesus, what are you? What are you doing? And I focus on that. And I was, you know, I believe in miracles. Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe, you know, God does miracles? You know, I don't know why, but the first thing that came to my like, you know, I'm going to pray that, you know, he, he's, he's going to be okay. And as soon as I was going to say, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, these boys told me, don't say it. And I was like, why? Why not? He is with me. And my heart just like broke apart. It was so difficult to hear that voice. And to listen to that and obey and say, okay, God, you have to take care of this. And I trust you and you're in control. It wasn't easy. But at the same time, I feel this joy out of the blue. And this peace that came and overflowed my life through that hard, difficult thing. Not because my friend was dead. It was because what God has said. He is with me. And I was like, that's such a beautiful thing to hear in a moment when you're desperate, in a moment when you need to hear something that will bring joy to your life. And it's something that I was, 
probably haven't been able to share for since that happened. I don't think I have, you know, publicly speak about this. So this is the moment when our faith is refined because you trust in what God is doing, even when we don't understand the process, even when we don't see why is this, this doesn't make any sense. But you know God is doing something, and he's right there with you. Amen? So trials um, that we face. I think we have probably many stories to say, many things to share. But uh, let's focus back on what Peter was facing. Uh, He faced denial, right? We know the story of Peter. We know what he did. We know that he denied Jesus three times. And this man, he was walking alongside with Jesus, and he's still what he did. He's still that. He still denied Jesus three times. We know that because it's in Matthew 26. And sometimes we also deny the things that Jesus wants us to have the things that Jesus wants us to walk through. We don't want to do it. We're scared or we just don't understand God's mission in our life in the moment that we're facing. And that's totally okay. God knows that. We're human beings. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. That's why we need him on our side. Um, If we continue to read um, or to see trials that Peter faced, there's another one, you know, fear and doubt. The things that I mentioned, I have a lot of fear. I have a lot of doubt. So Peter also faced those things. And if we read in Matthew 14, it says, we, uh, we read about the times when Jesus walked on water and invites Peter to join him. Remember that story, that beautiful story? We, like, we, have, ser- we have heard sermons about it. We know all about you know, the stories of that. But like, what is it that it was important for us to learn from there? For me, it's always like when you take your eyes off of Jesus, you know, bad things happen. When you fear and start looking at the things that are like overwhelming, the storms, we lost, we lost focus in what God is doing, what Jesus wants us to, to follow him. And that's just normal. That's just the reality of our lives. That's why we come here as a community to be reminder of what God is doing in our lives individually and in our community. So when we uh, fear things or doubt, don't feel bad. I think we all go through that. But what you have to do is be reminded of like, who Jesus is in your life. And the other thing is uh, misunderstanding Jesus' mission. Also in Matthew, uh, Jesus began to teach his disciples that um, they, he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders. The, the priests and the scribes, and that he will be killed and rise again on the third day. The disciples were not very happy to hear that. Remember that? Imagine if you were a disciple of Jesus in that time and your uh, teacher was telling you that he has to die and suffer. And it's a person that you love. It's a person that uh, you dearly, dearly don't want that person to go through those trials. But then they were reminded again that he has to do that. It's a purpose. So that was his mission on earth, to die on that cross and die for all our, our sins. So 
it is just normal when we face all those things like Peter, you know, and at different levels, different things, different ways, but kind of similar, right? I think we all have experienced that. I think we all felt, you know, what Peter was feeling. But it's also a beautiful thing when we see in Scripture how Jesus refined us. You know, it's more beautiful than that gold. Your life is more valuable to God than anything precious on earth. And you have to be reminded of that. There are some scriptures that will help us understand a little bit more of this. The first one is in uh, James, uh, James 1 and verse uh, 2 to 4. It says, um, Count it at all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that this testing, testing of your faith produces a steadfast. And let the steadfast have its full effect, that you might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Isn't that beautiful? When the scripture is telling us that it's okay. There will be trials and different things that will come in your life. And there's, there's something that will produce our faith to grow. When you see those things and those struggles, and how Jesus is helping you, walking you through that. He's not leaving you by yourself. That's our hope as Christians. That everything that we face in life is because God is t- teaching us something. And he's not letting us go through that alone. You're not alone. You, also, you have God and you also have your community who can walk alongside with you, whatever you're facing. So Romans... Um, Five uh, verse three and uh, through five says this: Knowing that we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces a uh, character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given us, given to us. Once again. We see the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how the Holy Spirit pours out that love that comes from the Father into our lives. Remember my stories, like the things that I was like, where are you doing, Jesus? Where are you right now? The Holy Spirit was pouring Jesus' love into my heart, knowing, you know, I'm telling you that I am here with you when I was struggling, when I needed him the most. And that's what, you know, that's the title of the message. What a beautiful, beautiful adversity that we have to face. Because it's, when, it's in that moment when we see God's face, when we see Jesus' face shining upon us on those trials and that adversity, when we are in difficult times. Uh, the last verse that I have is this, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse uh, 17 through 18. It says this. For this light, momentary uh, afflictions is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. In those moments, when we see uh, the difficulties we're facing, we have the hope of our eternal life. 
Everything that we face on earth where we are alive, it's a preparation for what God is, has for us in heaven, what Jesus has prepared for us in heaven. So that is our goal. We know that uh, transitions in life, adversity in life, changes in life will continue until the day we die. So we have a choice, church, and this is when we have to choose that. Are we going to try to do it on our own? Are we trying to do it with our own understanding, with our own strength, with our own power? Or are we going to be walking alongside with Jesus, holding his hand to whatever we have to face, knowing that, you know, the difficult things are not going to go away. The difficult things are not going to be, you know, less scary. But we know that with the help of Jesus, we can face anything that comes our way. Amen? So, uh, just as Peter, as Peter's words in Peter, First um, Peter uh, one and uh, verse six and seven, provide encouragement and guidance for persevering to trials. We can also draw strength and wisdom from our faith, and we can navigate transitions in life. Amen. Amen. So, uh, how do we draw, you know, that faith? How do we draw that strength and that wisdom that comes from God? I. No, we all are different, and we uh, face things in a different way. But for me, the thing that has been helpful, every time I am in need of something, something difficult that is happening in my life, I need to focus. I really need to focus on what God has for me and what Jesus is telling me in that moment of my life. And that sometimes is not easy. You know, we have so many distractions. We have so many things happening. But we need to come to this place and we can focus on Jesus. No matter the circumstances that you're going through, no matter what you're facing, focus on Him. He's the one who's going to guide you, who's the one who's going to pro- provide you wisdom during this trial in your life. He's the one who's going to navigate with you that transition in your life. So just focus on Him. Sometimes uh, we know it can be hard, but uh, that's what you, we need to do as church. You know, there's times in our lives that we need to really focus on Him. We need to have that revival, that, you know, fire from the Holy Spirit that changes our life in a powerful way so we can do things that, you know, people can be, wow, this church is on fire. This church is doing something different. It's following what Jesus wants for them. And that's the way of our life, you know, Christian life, our way that we follow Jesus with all our heart. Um, so what is the focus of all of this? If we put in a few words, like, what is it that we need to focus on? What is it that we need to do? What is it that you have to do in your life when you're facing uh, adversity? What is it that uh, is the, the, the core thing that we have to do here? Our central focus. Have you wondered that? I know. Uh, I know. I have uh, many times. And what is it that you know? I need to focus on. I I have asked God. You know, what is it that you want from me? What is it that you want me to to go now? I want answers, and those answers don't come, and I get frustrated. Like wow, oh. I was like, why God? But the focus is to trust Him to know that he's there with you, to know 
that no matter what you're facing, he is right there. And that's my hope. That's what I have to remember uh, myself all the time. I don't, want, I don't need to know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't need to know what's going to happen in a week or a month or a year. What I need to know is that God is with me right now. And no matter what I'm going through, he is right there. That I can feel his presence, that I can feel that his joy and his hope, it's overwhelming in my life. I need to receive that. I need to come to the Father every day and ask him for that. Because it's really easy, church, to get sidetracked. It's really easy to miss that. We need to be focused. So what is it that the verse is saying about being focused? So I put it here. If you know you like to take notes, this is the one that you should take. <laughs> These verses is the idea that trails can be a means of uh, refining and strengthening our believers' faith. Let me say that again. These verses is the idea that trials can be means of refining you and me to whatever we're going through so our faith can be strong that we can face adversity with hope, knowing that those difficult times are not going to be over, but you know who is fighting with you. You know who is right there when you need him the most. And that's my hope, and that's my prayer for you, for me. Not only today, but always, church. We don't know what's going to happen. We obviously didn't know, you know what was going to happen during COVID, so you think we have figured that out? No. There's a lot of things that can happen that we just have no control over. And we need to live in that reality. But who has control of all of that, of all of our lives? We know that it's God. So we need to be focused and centered on what he has to say in our lives. And sometimes it's hard to listen. Sometimes it's really hard to understand. Sometimes it's just really difficult to see the purpose of God in our life. But you all been called to do what God has for you in the season of your life and the time that you're facing right now. I don't know. You might be just joyful and, you know, everything is going great. And that's good. God is good and that's a blessing. But if you're not, are you going to be sad? Are you going to be like, uh, just focus on all those things? No, you have to be focused and centered on what God is telling you this morning, what God has for us this morning, all of us. So I'm inviting you to reflect in this, not only this morning, but through the whole week, through the whole year. We can never be ready for what we have to face, and that's just reality. But we can always be assured that God will be there for us when we need him the most. And you have to call upon your Lord, your Jesus, when you're the most desperate, the most in need. And then even through that, you're going to feel and you're going to receive the joy that can only come from him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, like I said at the beginning, transitions are a beautiful thing and also a very hard and difficult thing to face. And we all do that in life. We all go through transitions. And I think I'm going to share a little bit about one, the transition I'm going like, through right now. 
It's like, I'm going to become a dad, and I'm actually, you know, kind of like happy and at the same time scared. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know raising a child is a difficult thing, but it's such a blessing. And um, my wife is pregnant, and we're going to have a baby in uh, June, so pray for us. And uh, we are so happy, thank you, and excited about that. But it's a transition that is, um, it's good. I know God is with us, and he will give us the wisdom to be good parents. But it's also, you know, a challenging uh, time. You have to learn new things. You have to adapt, and, you know. Uh, so it's good. But um, in the season of my life right now, it's just, like, grateful for that. I'm grateful for, you know, what God has to do. And I also uh, looking for ways to uh, uh, be a blessing, just to raise, you know, this... Uh, the child. It's a boy. It's actually a boy. We, we can say that. Uh, it's like, I hope he's not like me. You know, like, I hope he's more like <laughs> his mother. So, uh, but all um, I have to say, you know, God does so many things in our life that we should be grateful for and joyful. So uh, I'll invite you just to be reflecting in this through this whole time, you know, through this whole week. I hope that God can speak something different in your life in a powerful way. So would you join me in prayer? Father God, thank you so much for the blessing that it is to face adversity, holding your hand. Knowing that you have something for us, knowing that you are the one who's guiding us through this, that you're refining us to have the faith and to listen to you, what you have to say in those moments of adversity. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to be here, to share, to be able to listen to your voice. Thank you, God, for everything that you're doing in our lives. I pray that you bless this community, this church. Thank you so much for this time. In your name we pray. Amen.